Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hello there. And welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I am a licensed clinical social worker. I practice as an intuitive psychotherapist, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. My mission is changing consciousness one conversation at a time. I want to thank you if you have been a listener and a subscriber, and I want to welcome you if this is your first time hearing uh, my show, I have a really great guest t- t- today, a dear friend of mine who I'm going to introduce in a few minutes. I'd like to let you know that I am doing virtual therapy sessions through phone, Skype, FaceTime, and Zoom. I've actually done that for 10 years pre-pandemic, so I'm very comfortable with working with you from the comfort of your own home or office. So please reach out to me. The easiest way is through my website, which is NOLA Therapy. It stands for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy.com. I have offices and residences in both cities. I actually just spent my last five months living in Los Angeles. I have never stayed that long and decided to just kind of hunker down through the changes through the pandemic and really take advantage of the beauty of Los Angeles with the beaches and the mountains and driving when things were closed and really deepening my own spiritual practice practices through meditation and reading and reaching out to new podcast guests. So I hope that I find you well today, wherever you are, and do reach out if you need help. It is a challenging time. I go through my own emotions. Just moments ago, I was meditating and some tears came out, which I see is just releasing resistance and embracing love and embracing just who we are here to become. So don't be shy. Reach out to me, Lisa at NOLA Therapy. You can book sessions through my website. I offer for an online class that several people have taken and given five-star reviews. It's Sourcing Empowerment, I-N, from within, and I teach you 20 psycho-spiritual practical techniques to deepen your practice, ground yourself in peace. My guest today, I feature his book, his first book, Practical Meditation for Beginners, in one of my 20 psycho-spiritual techniques. And um, so just go to NOLA Therapy. You can join my email list, learn about my book coming out on empathy and self-forgiveness. It's available for pre-sale right now. And I just really love connecting with everyone listening. My guest today, Benjamin Decker, he is named as one of the world's leading meditation teachers by Conscious Lifestyle Magazine. He's a social activist. He leads workshops all over the world at various spiritual centers. He teaches meditation and higher consciousness principles. He is the best-selling author of the book I just mentioned, Practical Meditation for Beginners. And today we're discussing his second book, 
titled Meditations on Christ. And what I really like about this book is the way that Ben combines prayer with intention setting and meditation. I'm going to read to you from it at some point during the show, one of the passages that I really love. But And if you want to follow along online, you can find Ben's work at Ben Decker with a D, bendeckermeditation.com, and on Instagram at Ben Decker, on Facebook at Benjamin at Ben Decker Meditation, and all this will be in the show notes. Notes. So with that, Ben, I just want to welcome you back to the podcast again. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. So happy to be here with you. I'm so happy to be with you. So this second book, that where you really go deeper into universal spiritual principles and concepts, where do you want to begin with us? Well, uh, I think... I think that what you said is really interesting. It's like that first book is Practical Meditation for Beginners. That's a, a really clear overview of the different techniques. Um, you know, I found that uh, anyone who's taken my classes for years knows that uh, my, my personal emphasis is really more on uh, personal revelation, personal spiritual revelation, re- con- contemplation, um, and uh, reflection on uh, direct experience. Uh, but when the opportunity came to put more emphasis on technique, um, I thought that that was a really interesting opportunity because so many people, um, you know, when we're kids, we say, don't tell me what to do. And then when we're adults, <laughs> we're like, someone, please, please tell me what to do. <laughs> you know, um, yes, yes, show me. Yeah, show me exactly what to do. And so with this, uh, with that first book, Practical Meditation for Beginners, I outline the techniques, the scientific benefits, um, psychology behind the different techniques of meditation. And um, what I was so excited about with the second book, Meditations on Christ, was that I could do a couple different things. First of all, it was not relevant within the context of the approach for the first book to talk about prayer or to talk more about spiritual principles. Uh, and, and so that book wasn't designed that way. So it didn't include that. But the second book, I got to be a lot more direct um, with spirituality. Um, and, and something that came up with the first book that um, I was very surprised about was a lot of friends and family who were Christian specifically um, expressed to me that they didn't think uh, meditation was compatible with traditional Christianity. And, um, and for me, I didn't, I didn't feel that way. And so part of what I wanted to do was to create something, um, to, to sort of answer some of those questions. Um, and, and so, so that's what I did. Uh, the, I wanted to both answer those questions so that, uh, practitioners of traditional Christianity, which is a very large population, um, would be, receptive and open and understand uh, a safe form of meditation. Um, But then I also felt like on the other side of it, there were a lot of meditation practitioners, uh, yoga practitioners, people outside of the Christian community who didn't really, um, who maybe weren't open to Christianity, you know, especially I found a lot of people who were very open to Taoism and Buddhism and, and indigenous traditions and, and um, a lot of different multiple religious paths, but for some reason, not Christianity. And, um, you know, for me, I found that the when you study the Bhagavad Gita, it has extraordinarily beautiful passages. And it also has some passages that are outdated. And when you study the Quran, you find extraordinarily beautiful passages and some passages that are outdated. And when you study the Bible, it's the same thing. There are extraordinarily beautiful passages and quite a few that are outdated. And so what I wanted to do was to create something that really put place the emphasis on some of those beautiful passages that are universally applicable, even beyond um, uh, someone who's a traditional Christian, um, outside of the Christian experience even, um, while simultaneously being completely compatible with traditional Christianity. 
Well, and that's one of the things I like about it and find unique. And even where you start your book, where you talk in the beginning about the fruits of the spirit from Matthew 7, 20, by their fruits, you shall know them. And it's such a beautiful passage of the Bible that I think sometimes we forget about, especially in different political climates where people are kind Mm -hmm. of pitting themselves against each other versus seeing ourselves as interconnected and that those fruits of the spirit that the book is centered around every chapter has to do with the fruit of the spirit, which are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And you invite us to become more Christ-like where Jesus, he truly is our brother, our savior, the miracle worker, as you talk about. And so I think it really brings us back to the foundations of Christianity, which God is love. Can you talk to us about, Mm -hmm. about all this, Ben, like how it came to you, how it came together even? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Thank you for that. Yes. um, The, there, the passage that you mentioned by their fruits, you shall know them. That really means that, um, you know, if you look at tree and the fruit is, unhealthy it's bearing unhealthy fruit like a fig tree that's bearing um really sour figs or or um or otherwise uh rotten figs you can tell that there's something wrong with the health of the tree um whereas if it's bearing really good high quality fruit you can you can tell that it's a very healthy tree that there's not a problem with the health there and the the same is true about our lives with with each other. There's so much going on in the world. We must recalibrate to our own intuition. And, um, and, and what that means in this context is we have to have discernment and the discernment of the spirit is based on being able to see that fruit and our fruit. When someone is creating something good by their fruit, you shall know them. Whatever you create, whatever you put out into the world has signatures um, has your signature, has your fingerprint all over it. Um, something Marianne Williamson said in her first book, A Return to Love, she said, um, anything you do is infused with the consciousness with which you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anything you do is infused with the energy with which you do it. I think it's how she originally said it and then later uh, adapted it. And, the, and, and that signal means, that means that the, if you're doing something from a low level of consciousness, your fruit is going to be um, infused with that signature of lower level consciousness. And something that is universal in the Bible is the fruit of the spirit and as opposed to the fruit of the flesh. And so Mm. the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit, that refers to our dual nature, which is a universal spiritual concept in all the different world traditions. We have a dual nature. We have a higher nature. We have a lower nature. Our lower nature, the fruit of the flesh, uh, are things like violence, greed, lust. You know, those are things that are related to the body, related to our temporary ego nature, our lower nature. And then the fruit of the spirit are those things that you just mentioned, love, joy, peace, patience, etc. And so the, um, the, the relevance of the archetype of the Christ is that he is the perfect embodiment of those, uh, those qualities of the spirit. Um, and, and so it's important when we're in this new era where we're exploring all the different traditions and, and really all of us are students of all the different traditions, um, to separate the original teaching and the spirit of the teaching from the culture that has latched onto it. So there are some problems culturally with interpretations of these original teachings that have caused people to do things that are not in resonance with the spirit of the original teaching. So I felt like, you know what, we're a new generation. We don't want, we don't like to see that there were slave owners who were Christian. You know, Mm, we don't like, you know, uh, we don't, we don't like all the other kinds of, um, uh, sexist or, or racist or homophobic or, or all these different uh, classist issues that are related to uh, Christianity. We don't like that the church is responsible for um, thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands, I'm not sure of the exact figure, of execution um, over, the, over the ages. You know? So we don't like that. We're a new generation that can say, 
um, we have a direct experience with God. God has never died. God's still alive for us. And so I really wanted to um, be less instructional uh, with this book and more of a guide, guiding people into their own experience. Um, and that's why it's a journal. That's why there's journal prompts. Um, the, yes. Each passage has a biblical uh, reference, a prayer, a meditation, and then journal prompts. Because the, it's based on the, the traditional monastic practice of Lectio Divina, uh, where the monks would do just that. They would read Bible passages, they would pray about them, they would meditate on them, and then they would contemplate their meaning. Um, and so this is taking us, this is almost uh, the lofty vision for, for this project was to help initiate a generation of saints, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, where we could deepen our connection to these spiritual uh, tools in a way that in past generations, only the saints and the sages would. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard-to-recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know, but you're bringing up t three topics that I have jotted down notes about. So in whatever order you want to address them, the first one I'm thinking is in your work you do, you talk a lot about initiations, the beginning of something new. And, uh, you know, I've heard you speak about that, seen you speak about that. What? Uh, let's just start there then since I'm speaking it first. Yeah. What do initiations yeah. mean to you? Why are they important? How can we utilize them in, in our lives? Well, initiation is... Um there, there's this idea that a lot of us think about where we think of like the initiation into a sorority or a secret society, um, or we pay an initiation fee when we join a gym membership or something like that. Um, and, and it really means to start something new. Uh, and so while there are those formalized initiations that we go through in our lives, there's also uh, life, which has its own natural initiatory process. And I often speak on the fact that our our first breath are being, you know, having our umbilical cord cut. Those are, those are our first initiations in some ways. Um, for a woman, having a child is an initiation. Having your first period is an initiation. Um, you know, there's all different kinds of experiences that are initiations. And what it really means is that everything that you have prepared for is now being activated. And so a new, a new season is unfolding, a new something is opening up uh, so that a totally new thing can be understood. Something uh, Marianne Williamson talks about sometimes, she says the era of data collection is over. And, and that is a reference to the fact that in past generations, it was all about learning. We had to collect information. We had to, we had to collect libraries and, and data. And now it's a time of activation. And so to be initiated is to be charged with the responsibility that you now must rise to the occasion for. Um, and, there, and life is full of initiations. They constantly happen. Uh, when you get a yeah. driver's license, that's an initiation. You know, those are, there are examples in modern society like a driver's license, like your first cell phone, um, like your first social media account, you know. Um, whereas in the secret societies, you would learn, you would be taught, You'd be trained, and then you would go through a ceremonial initiation, uh, like a bar mitzvah, yeah, or a bat mitzvah, or a baptism, and um, you would be initiated into membership of a certain degree or dimension of 
that certain community or society. And so the way it helps us in our lives is when we have that initiatory process, it sets us up. It helps increase the momentum to get to the next phase. Uh, we, have a, we have a maturity crisis collectively um, mm-hmm. where there's so many young people and there's so many adults who have young psychology, as you know, as a therapist. Yeah. Um, we're, we're struggling to become more mature. We don't have mature public figures. We don't have mature. Um, we, we do have some, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not criticizing right. every single public figure. Yeah. Um, what, I'm, what I do mean to say is that we, we glorify stupidity. We glorify drunkenness. Um, we glorify aggression. And these are indicators of immaturity. And so another thing that I, that I teach on is the difference um, we, to disengage from an old way of thinking, which says good versus bad, and to engage with an updated version of that that says mature versus immature. So, so we can look at the fruit of the flesh as immature spirituality and the fruits of the spirit as mature spirituality. And so initiation is, is um, uh, the process through which we step through psychological and spiritual maturation through direct yes. experience. And you know what I hear you talking about now also, and since I know you so well and I just love you so dearly, I am grateful that we have met from doing my podcast and, and being in Los Angeles and just your work. Mm-hmm. It's so like you, your work and your personhood are so intertwined for me. And in a positive way. And one of the things I really like and I've heard you talk about is is this duality that we possess having to do with we are the ones to awaken from slumber and also the ones to do the awakening. And I I feel like that's Mm. what you were talking about, too, in the last few moments, like by using the power that is within us to mature, to elevate, to really bring forth the person we are here, who we can become. How can you talk to us about that? Well, you're exactly right, Lisa. Um, the the um, example in the book, um, I don't remember exactly which uh, page it's on, but the but the theme of the meditation is, and uh, it's in reference to my favorite Bible passage, which is John eleven eleven, mm-hmm. and um, it is interesting that we think of eleven eleven as a synchronicity that means awakening, because in John eleven eleven. Um, Christ is traveling with his disciples, and he receives word. And it's not the first time he hears that Lazarus is sick, but it's maybe the second or third time he hears that Lazarus is sick. And now Lazarus has died. And so he, he's told that someone he loves very dearly has just died. And he says, he turns to his disciples and says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to go wake him up. Mm. And those who are familiar with the Bible know that uh, fast forward, they go back to Lazarus, and um, and that's the first resurrection. Christ raises him from the dead, and um, and so that's what I see. We are we are both Lazarus and Christ in the archetype of that of that story. Uh, we are we are both the ones that must awaken. Um, you know, you and I. Something you said when you were talking about your online therapy classes. You said you go through your own emotions, and that's so important for people to recognize. Is that us as teachers and as figures, we're not perfect. You know, I'm not saying that we need right. to hold public figures to this extraordinarily high, impossible standard. We must recognize that they're human beings, but we also must also require them to grow and mature and initiate, just like we should require yes. ourselves to mature and to, and to atone and to apologize and to make amends, you know, things like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, I think that that's a crucial part of it is the recognition. Um, we hear a lot, especially in the higher consciousness community that about like light workers, we're light workers and here to raise consciousness, blah, blah. And you know what, that's really great. However, what we really need are people who are raising their own consciousness. Mm-hmm. And and really putting the pedal to the metal and what that means for themselves, growing up in the ways that make sense for them. That means people fixing their credit. That means people fixing their financial situation. That means yes. people taking better care of their bodies, better care of their homes, better care of their cars, better care of their of their um, relationships, better uh, having more integrity in their careers. 
you know, and, and a lot of times we separate those things, but that's exactly what being an adult means. And, and that's what we need. We need people who are taking better care of themselves. Um, and, and from that place, work your light, you know, from that place, be a light worker, do the awakening in a really real grounded, pragmatic, three dimensional way. A lot of times we hear light workers talk about the five D or the 12 dimensions and all of that. That's wonderful, but you got to get the first three figured out too, ladies and gentlemen, you know, you got to figure those first three dimensions out or your body's not going to sustain. You can't, you can't expect to go do all these other things if you're not taking great care of your body. Um, you can't expect to go be able to be an, a genuine major impact in the world if you can't figure out your financial situation, you know? And some of these things, you better believe it, there are, there are systems in place that go out of their way to make sure the average person is not thriving uh, physically and not thriving financially. It just seems that way, doesn't it? Uh, with all the with all the food subsidies, uh, white sugar, white flour are are right. cheap, cheap as dirt. Um, whereas things like erythritol or monk fruit um, are are much more expensive it's because they're not subsidized. And so, it definitely, it it takes a lot more effort to be healthy, and it takes a lot more creativity and effort to become wealthy. And we must do what we need to do in order to change the system of the society that we live in that creates that situation. But at the same time. There's no excuses. We've got to do it. We've got to do whatever we can ourselves within the context of our available resources uh, to be powerful where we are if we want to get to another place. You know, so we have to be both the Lazarus. We have to recognize that we are Lazarus and that there are parts of our consciousness that are dormant, that are asleep, that are numb, that are ignorant, and also recognize that we are Christ. We have Christ within and that we are also here to do the awakening of ourselves and, of course, whatever contribution offer we can make to the world. What you're saying is so important, Ben, and I, I resonate with it so much. In my book coming out, having to do with empathy and self-forgiveness, I really enjoy practical spirituality. And what I hear you talking about is our foundation, the foundation that we stand upon. And that's what everything comes from and through. And to really, it's about having integrity, self-integrity. And I believe in personal responsibility, like I know you do, and really just looking at all aspects of our lives, the financial, physical health, emotional health, and who are we every day? Like um, one of the passages I'm going to read from your book is talking about asking Christ to anoint our words, our actions, our behaviors daily, just who are we living as in every moment? Mm -hmm. And we have the choice, you know, how are we going to respond versus react? And just when we do revert to an old pattern, which my book talks about evolving from our old patterns and creating new ones, you know, to em employ mm -hmm. self-forgiveness and empathy for others. And I just think it's so important. I love, you know, as you're speaking about Christ and Lazarus, that we have that duality, the parts of us to awaken and embrace and enhance and do some healing, you know, some self-accountability, and then the parts that are already, you know, really activated and, and just shining out into the world. And I think daily, I know for me every day, I find new aspects to uncover, peeling back a layer of the onion of my own consciousness and how am I showing up for myself and others. It's just like endless you know, which is exciting for me as a therapist and transformational leader. It's like, oh my gosh, like there's endless ways that we can evolve. And I know that topic excites you too in, in every way. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so you talk about two, which I love, and meditation and prayer, how meditation and prayer are the bridges between the spiritual and physical worlds. And can you talk to us about that? Yeah, one of the things that I, I love to say, um, because I practice a lot of interfaith prayer, so I do a lot of uh, prayer groups and um, firesides where I have people from all different faith traditions. And in fact, some people are surprised by this, plenty of atheists and, um, and very scientific thinkers who come to my prayer groups. And I always say, we don't need to believe the same thing to pray together. We just need to believe in something. We need to believe in each other. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so when it comes to prayer, 
that mean that word means a lot of different things to each other. But I think that part of what I like to do is just say, like, let's soften up some of our our, our old ways of thinking. Let's learn to move a little bit more fluidly. Um, but what I what I see as um, meditation and prayer, one of the things that um, I had heard so many times and attributed to so many different people, I have no idea where it came from. And it's the idea that prayer is us speaking to the universe or speaking to God and meditation is us listening. Yes. And, and so, uh, in, in a religious context, a lot of times we pray and we tell God what we want and we tell God what we need and we tell God what to do. And, um, oftentimes we also thank God and give glory to God and all of that. Um, but we don't often have a real dedicated practice of implementing that time to listen, to receive the personal revelation. Something must be revealed to us after the prayer. If we don't allow the prayer to do its thing, um, it's, it's not going to affect the psyche or the spirit in quite the same way. And so I really encourage um, a, a prayerful meditative experience. And in the book, it's, there are really particularly written prayers um, that match the meditations in order to really set you up for a better prayer, for, for a better meditation experience. And the idea is words have very specific meaning and power. And you can look at that from a metaphysical perspective, or you can look at it from a neuroscience perspective. Each word is charged with layers and layers and layers of meaning, uh, particularly if it's a word in your native language that you've heard a thousand times in a thousand different ways. So um, the words that you speak and the intention with which you speak them or pray them um, have an effect on the psyche. And then by sitting in meditation uh, to really, you know, listen, to listen to the response, to listen how the unconscious mind or how the superconscious or how God or the spirit um, responds, what, what is revealed to you? Something, one of my favorite authors is Ralph Waldo Emerson. He wrote an incredible book called Nature. And in, in his book, Nature, he says, he posits that we are a re regressive spiritual generation. Um, of course, it was written a uh, hundred years ago, but I would say that that entire book is equally relevant today, which is why I'm re-releasing a new edition of that at the end of the year. Very um, cool. Which I'm super excited about. Yeah, you're going to love that. Incredible. Yeah. Such an important book. I'm super happy to uh, help get it into more hands. Um, the idea is that God has never died. The universe exists. God reveals itself through nature. The nature of the universe reveals itself through its own expression. And we are not separate from that. So through our direct um, experience, through our meditative present moment awareness of nature, we can receive revelation, cosmic revelation about greater truths. Absolutely, we can. And it's so, it's been so delightful. Some days, Ben, I, I don't know if you ever do, I find myself more in the prayer, more in the asking, and say half the day would have gone by. And even in my meditation, I feel like I'm doing the communicating. And I realize, wow, let me take, let me now pause to listen. And in the silence, is when like the the inclinations come up, the peace or reassurance. And it is just so important to be in the receiving mode, the receptive mode of meditation to receive whatever it is that God, spirit, the universe has to share with us in this co-creation of mm -hmm. our lives because that power is just so available all the time. Absolutely. You know, it's like the uh, the the metaphysical movement, the spiritual new consciousness movement um, in the Christian community. Look, every religion has their own version of this like new consciousness movement. It's expressing itself in every single culture and religion, FYI, you know? Uh, so it's like sometimes people, people call the new age community like it's its own thing. No, every tradition has its own new age um, aspect to it. And what's happening is there's this realization um, that we can create what we want. And that's a good thing that people are realizing that, but that's baby spirituality. That's, not, that's preschool spirituality. Real spirituality is when we create goodness for 
for the benefit of all living beings. So it's not just that you can create something. It's what are you creating and why are you creating it? So we talk a lot about manifesting and manifesting your desires. And there's this whole like vision board thing that everyone seems to be into. And those are not bad things, but they, they're empty tools. And the problem with an empty tool is that they can be accessed by, by goodness and by um, selfish consciousness, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so there's this overemphasis on, our ability to manifest our desires. And I think it's, I think it's, it's a, I do think it's a righteous desire to desire wealth. Um, I, I, I think that there's like the opportunity for righteousness within all of that. But I also see that we, we too often forget um, other people. We're so, and, and this is something that's happening right now. We're seeing a lot of um, particularly white people who are saying, wait a second, I'm not racist. And um, wait a second, I'm not privileged. And it's because we have so many people who are dealing with their own challenges uh, that they're having a hard time recognizing that, wow, even in the midst of all of the many challenges I have, I started out with privilege. I have a baseline of things that are working out for me in a way that they don't work out for other other people, you know. And mm-hmm. so because we want to create, because we have that very natural desire to expand, grow, and progress. Um, there's and there's sometimes a shadow to that where there's an inability to recognize and empathize uh, for those around us. You know, we find, I saw a picture of Jeff uh, Bezos. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, he, he just like broke a record. He's like worth $171 billion. And he had this very smug smile on his face, like he's very excited. He broke this record, it's like a really big deal for him. And he looked like a little kid who, who just won a spelling bee. And he had this little smile on his face. Meanwhile, there's no hazard pay for any of his employees. Um, there's, there's no overtime for the warehouse employees. Um, there's, there's a lot of um, complaints about... Uh, about the benefits for, for the people that have actually created this wealth for him. Um, yeah. and, and as you're going to experience as an author and I, as I've experienced as an author and as an, a number of other uh, people and businesses will see um, when you work with Amazon and you're a vendor on Amazon, it's, it's a beast to deal with. You're not, you're not taking care of there's, there's exorbitant fees. There's enormous amounts of, um, things that are funneled towards them. So it's, it isn't, it's a mass um, program of exploitation. And we find that mm-hmm. when we go to the root of all of the extraordinary super wealth, that's all it is. There's exploitation all over the place. There's, there's prison labor. Some of these prison labor, I, I don't like to say specific numbers unless I have like a, a source right in front of right. me. But the amount, yeah. the amount that these prison laborers are being paid every day is, horrifying the it's like some of them it's like less than a dollar okay so like we're talking horrifying Horrifying. which you know what i call that i call that slavery so that's not cool to me that's not cool to me that we live in a nation where there are people who are uh in prison for nonviolent drug crime and those same people are um are working for for way less than minimum wage for companies like Walmart and Amazon. And then we've got people who are in charge of those companies uh, breaking records for being the wealthiest people in the world. That's a plantation owner. That's a slave owner, essentially, you know? And so, so what we find from a spiritual perspective is that we got to level up. We, we need to no longer value and empower and place value wealth for wealth's sake. Um, and and manifestation for manifestation's sake. Um, that's just the very beginning, you know. And so once once more of us start to go through that initial initiation, we need a mass global initiation. We need everyone to get to level one in the spiritual initiation process, which means the recognition that we're all connected and one person's wealth does not matter unless everyone has been fed. It's pretty horrifying when you realize the amount of children dying of starvation in Yemen and other places today. And we're celebrating the fact that Jeff Bezos is worth $171 billion now, 
you know. Yeah, I hear you. Ben, I'm going to go to a word to my sponsor and, and comment on that in a, in a minute or so. Okay. So for those of you listening, we all know that stress weakens our immune system. And I have just an awesome new sponsor. They're called Reset, and they're spelled R, the number three, SET, S-E-T. They take a holistic approach based in science with over 200 clinical studies. Additionally, they've worked with psychologists, with yogis to find a product that reduces stress by boosting three specific bodily systems, the immune, endocrine, and nervous systems. They have these really lovely time-released aroma caps that are vegan, GMO-free, and made in the USA. The calming daytime pill has a citrus aroma and taste, really unique, and the nighttime unwind has a lavender aroma and taste. So if you want to try them out, you can take 10% off as my listener. Go to r3set.com and use checkout code therapy. You can also find their products in Target and CVS if you just want to go there and get it now. So it's reset, spelled r3set.com, using the code therapy. So Ben, getting back to what you were saying, one of the things, so the vision board, one of the ways that I've evolved the vision board and I'm working with my clients is the vision board that I've created is everything about the qualities that I intend to experience with a partner and in my life. Things like my vision board, instead of pictures of island destinations and such, it has qualities which actually are fruits of the spirit, compassion, love forgiveness, growth, um, empowerment, and empathy, and just all these beautiful qualities that like I'm striving to embody and who, you know, the kind of partner that I want to attract and the kind of life that we're going to live. And I've been working with my clients to, you know, develop, take qualities of life, qualities of beingness, and put that on your vision board. And I feel like it's more powerful because then you're really attracting, you know, whatever form it comes, but truly the qualities that are fruits of the spirit as right. I'm sitting here now talking to you. And this also mm-hmm. makes me think, yeah, of some, it, go on. And then I'll say, Oh, I was just going to say it's about, um, it does, it harmonizes really nicely with that spiritual and personal development, becoming more mature spiritually and personally. Yes. Okay. I really want to read from a part of your book before our time is up. Is that cool with you? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, this is from Ben's book, Meditations on Christ, a section I love. So as we've discussed, Ben starts with a Bible verse, and this Bible verse has to do, it says, love in deed, D-E-D, and in truth. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. It's from 1 John 3.18. And then the prayer and meditation that Ben offers. So Ben writes, say a brief prayer to set the intention for your meditation. Dear God, thank you for this day and the sacred miracle of life. Every day is a blessing, and I know you are helping me understand that. I invite the Holy Spirit to be more present than ever with me now so that I may gain insight and wisdom. Let your love be made manifest not only through my words, but also through my deeds. I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And then Ben invites you to sit quietly. He says, allow your body to rest in stillness. Place both hands over your heart and breathe. Feeling God's love flow in and out of your heart with every beat and with every breath. Try to open your thoughts and feelings to accept the spirit with your whole being. Visualize Christ Jesus inside your body, mind, and soul. See yourself going through the day, allowing Christ within to anoint your actions with love. Ben, I just love that. Oh, thank you. That's one of my favorites. It is, it's so meaningful. And powerful to truly ask for that guidance and direction and discernment, as you spoke about earlier on, and to see what happens. Yeah. And I think it is it is all about just being totally present, you know, and we're, 
uh, when we, the reason we go, we reflect on the different things that we're going to do throughout our day and we ask Christ to anoint them, it's making everything sacred. I think about the, the Abo, Aboko Locate Tvara, I always say it wrong, Aboko Locate Tvara, uh, the thousand armed bodhisattva. And she has a different tool in every hand. And the idea is that there are thousands of ways and thousands of different tools with which we can transmit kindness. Mm. And so it's no matter what we're doing, there's a way we can do it to create more kindness in the world. And that's what that meditation there is all about. Beautiful. You know, I also want listeners to know about the library that you created. You created the Fireside Library and Meditation Center in Los Angeles. And I know it's not open now because of the pandemic, but I'm so excited to go. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, as soon as we know more, you know, we, we want to make it available to the public. Um, we've been doing very, very small events there. Uh, yeah, we have a three-story um, library at the First Unitarian Universalist Society in Los Angeles in Koreatown. It's an incredible Gothic cathedral building. It's beautiful. Um, and beautiful building, incredible um, history there. And we have this extraordinary library and it's a collection of, they had some books there that were in some boxes. And I had this very extensive research um, library that I had been personally collecting. And I donated all of my books there. I, I secured a number of other donations. And we have a an incredible community space there that's a collection of um, uh, books on world religion, po- politics, um, health, Ayurveda, wellness, and um, philosophy. And uh, yeah, and it's called the. It's a. It's an incredible historic building. Uh, the the woman who started that church is named Caroline Severance. She was the only original suffragette in the United States who lived long enough to vote. She actually voted when she was 94 years old, and she started this church that is now the home to this library. And I hope that this library will create the possibility for more young people in that community to have access to some of these things that took me a very long time to find and to study and to integrate. Um, So it's all about uh, making things available, um, taking good care of the, the next generation, making sure that we're a world where, you know, libraries are closing left and right. So I, I felt like before, long I wanted to open a library and then before I knew it I was 32 years old opening my first library it's so awesome yeah it's a yeah it's an incredible spot and actually uh in the month of August every Tuesday in the month of August I'm going to be leading meditations there um that's the plan right now um yeah and it'll be social distance and all of that kind of stuff um but uh, yeah, and you'll find information on that on my Instagram, which is Benjamin W. Decker on my Instagram. And um, oh, thank you for that. And uh, yeah, yeah, and I'll be putting that uh, that info up as soon as oh, a little closer to the date, so in the next two weeks or so. Yeah, you know, and and Ben, kind of one of my ending thoughts is we started in a place talking about initiation, and I think initiation is bookended with legacy, and this is a part of your legacy, the library that you've created. Yeah. What What is next for you and where do you want to leave us? What do you want to leave us with today? Well, I think that, um, I think those are two very important things for each of us to consider. Um, I, I do have uh, two more books coming out. I have a, a book called Daily Mindfulness that comes out on August 18th and a book called Modern Spirituality, which is a very special one that comes out um, October 8th. And um in modern spirituality, I have an entire section on legacy and an entire section on initiation. So it's very, very wonderful. Um, that re- resonates a lot. And I think that that's the thing for each of us to consider um, the initiations that we are going through, the struggles, the challenges that we face. Those are initiations. Um, it's the refiner's fire. Uh, we come out stronger on the other side. We come out, we come out uh, with more knowledge and more power. And then when we, when we overcome something, we then develop spiritual, intellectual authority over that situation. We become Mm -hmm. powerful because of what we've experienced in our past. It's just like in in the 12-step programs, you can't have someone who's not 
um, successful in the 12-step programs sponsor you. You've got to have someone who's, who's successful, who's sober, who's in the 12-step program, who's doing the step work in order to be a sponsor because they have authority in that area. Um, yes. so, so I invite ev- everyone who's listening to just reflect on the challenges that they're facing, to, to be optimistic, even in the face of um, seemingly insurmountable circumstances, to draw from that power within, know that there's an infinite source of power within, um, that you're designed to make it through these initiations, and to consider your legacy, consider what you are leaving behind in the world, and um, allow that to sort of inform and draw momentum through those uh, challenges for you. Beautiful, Ben. I am just have enjoyed our time today talking. And congratulations. Thank you so much, Lisa. You're welcome. Congratulations on the two books coming out soon. Yeah, and congratulations on your book. Uh, Thank you. Uh, what, Thank I'm, you. I have already read it. Spoiler alert, everyone. It's an amazing book. I can't wait <laughs> for you. that to come out. It's such a good book. Um, I endorse it. I'm going to totally share it. I'd yes. love to support you in any way. Such an important message. Thank you, Ben. I love you so much. I'm just so glad we're friends. Just biggest blessings to you. Me, me too. Blessings to you and to all your listeners. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks, Lisa. You're welcome. Bye, Ben. That concludes my show today with Benjamin Decker. You can find him online at bendeckermeditation.com. And when you conclude listening, please jump on iTunes and give my podcast, All Things Therapy, a review. Do it now. I would appreciate it so much. It helps immensely to boost the rating of this podcast on iTunes, a star rating and a written review. And I'm just going to thank you in advance and send all my love to you. I'll be with you next week. Listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir only on LA Talk Radio. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual a company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal.